welcome to the sixth episode of the Curly W Live podcast. As a reminder, you can always find the podcast on our blog, Curly W Live, which is curlyw.mlblogs.com, nationals.com slash podcast, and on iTunes, search Curly W Live. Uh, so let's get right into it. Uh, this is a very special episode for me to record and put together as I got a chance to check in uh, with one of the members of the 2017 Hall of Fame class, Tim Raines. Tim was inducted into baseball's Hall of Fame earlier this summer, and on Monday, which is August 28th, uh, he, along with Yvonne Pudge Rodriguez, will be inducted into the Ring of Honor at Nationals Park. The ceremony will take place prior to the game, so be sure to get there early so you don't miss out on uh, any parts of the ceremony. It was an incredible incredible honor for me to talk to Tim about Hall of Fame weekend, uh, his career, you know what it means to be inducted into the Nationals Ring of Honor, along with former Expos Gary Carter and Andre Dawson, uh, who are already up on the facade. Um, again, we talked a lot about his career, a lot about base stealing, and t- Tim was one of the best base stealers uh, in baseball history, so it was cool to talk to him about that. Uh, we talked base running in general. Um, and then Tim told me some stories about current Nationals coaches, uh, manager Dusty Baker and Chris Spire. So here it is, episode six of the Curly W Live podcast, Hall of Fame edition. Enjoy. And I am once again extremely honored to be joined by Hall of Famer Tim Raines, um, here at the Curly W Live studios, I'm currently in San Diego as the Nationals uh, continue their four-game series with the San Diego Padres, and Tim was kind enough to join me by phone today. So once again, Tim, thank you for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, now on Monday, August 28th, Tim will be inducted into Washington's uh, Ring of Honor at Nationals Park. Um, so it's a, it'll be an exciting moment for Nationals fans. You know, but first off, you know, Tim, has it sunk in yet that people uh, introduce you as Hall of Famer Tim Raines? Um, it, it has. It has. Uh, but it's, it, it just has a great ring to it. You know, as a player, you know, you play the game to to make the major leagues. And once you get there, you, you know, you play to stay around for a long time. Then you play for you know, winning a pennant, then you play for trying to win a, a world championship. And, and I was lucky enough uh, over the course of my career to be able to achieve all of those things. And, uh, and not only that, to be blessed enough to play for 23 years. Uh, so, you know, as a player, you know, you strive for all those things. And and once you, you reach those, those pinnacles, you know, the only thing left uh, in baseball is is to to be nominated or be inducted to the Hall of Fame, and and I was lucky enough again as well to uh, to be able to achieve that as well. So take me back to uh, to Hall of Fame weekend. It, it, I hope it's still fresh in your mind, and um, it was it, from watching it on TV and watching all the speeches. It looked like a once again a pretty tremendous celebration of, of the game's history. And um, but I want to talk to you quick about about your speech. Um, I know it's an incredibly important part of the weekend. You know what one a part that people will remember the most. Um, you know what was it like putting your thoughts together for your speech? Uh, did it take time or did it come easy? Did you have notes? How how did you kind of approach it? Well, it it, it took time. I had notes, but then I, br- I abbreviated from the notes. <laughs> I think it it uh, it was such a, a great day. Uh, it was a long day. It was a, it was a warm day, very warm. Uh, it was tough, uh, not only for the guys that were inducted uh, to actually go up in, you know, and, and give your speech, but I mean for the for the families and the and the friends and 
the fans that were out there. It was a pretty warm day, uh, but it was it was it was such an emotional, great day. You know, it's it's a day that I think most athletes. Uh, what the guys that are in there, the guys that think they're going to be in there, the guys that will be in there eventually uh, for years to come. Uh, it's a day that you know you you you, you look for mm-hmm. uh, because it's 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 a day that uh, has proven that uh, your name in history uh, forever right. uh, will be acknowledged. So. Um, you know, it just, it's, it's, it's a great day in, in, in a number of ways. And I think a lot of times it's hard to express mm-hmm. uh, totally uh, how you feel about it all because uh, it's just such a great day. Was there anyone um, that you met or saw maybe for the first time that you never met before um, at the, at, during the course of the weekend or anyone that made you a bit awestruck or starstruck? Well, a lot of them, really. <laughs> uh, even the guys that I played against uh, as a youngster, um, you know, that were role models to me. Um, you know, being able to face Nolan Ryan, you know, knowing that he's going to be a Hall of Famer one day. And, you know, he struck me out a few times. But just, <laughs> you know, just, one. yeah, just being, being able to, to you know, uh, be there during that time. Um and you know, I, I think the one uh, that I I uh, was kind of felt like a little kid more than any of the others were um, was Hank Aaron. Mm-hmm. You know, Hank Aaron was a was a just um, it was like a monument to to, to me uh, growing up in Florida. Uh, being able to watch a lot of the Atlanta Braves games, so it was really the only games that we were able to watch. Right. right other than, you know, game of the week. But I got to watch him um, consistently for, you know, the latter part of his career. And, you know, I was I was able to watch him hit the famous home run to uh, be the all-time home run king. Uh, but to be able to, to go in there, and, and thank God he was there. I heard that he, he's not there all the time. But to get an opportunity to, to step up, uh, to walk up to him and him come up to me really and congratulate me for for being a part of the Hall of Fame. I mean that was just like, <laughs> you know, a kid at a candy store. Right. You know, just just uh, being amazed and and, and, and honored and um, just just being in the moment. Do you remember when you saw your plaque for the first time? How you felt and you know kind of those emotions that went went through you know the unveil of that. Oh, uh, just a tremendous amount of different emotions, you know, just, you know, in all of, 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 of the Hall of Fame and all of, you know, just me, uh, being a part of that, you know, um, you know, as a kid, you, you know, you, you go in your backyard and you, and you play and you, you emulate different players or, you know, I'm Hank Aaron, this, that, bad, and I'm <laughs> Willie McCovey, that other, that, bad, and, and you and you go on and on with all the guys that you know of mm-hmm. uh, in the game. And, uh, you know, at that time, you're not sure of, 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 of the way things are going to happen uh, throughout the rest of your life. 
And um, I remember those days, you know, playing like that with my brothers. And then all of a sudden, that day comes where uh, that Sunday I'm out on the podium. <laughs> Uh, and it's just, it's just, yes, yeah. it's, it's just, it's just an amazing uh, moment. If you had to, um, you know, this time next year or, you know, May or June next year, someone, you know, is getting inducted, um, you know, and they ask you for some advice on how to, how to handle everything and how to, you know, enjoy the weekend. What would you tell them? I, I would tell them just, just enjoy it the way you enjoy it. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, people come at you and, and, and and, and they give you thoughts on, on, on the way they saw it. I just feel like each and every guy individually uh, have, have have different ways of looking at things. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I wouldn't want to put any pressure on anyone to start thinking the way I thought. Right. Uh, because they have their own way of thinking. I, I, just, I would just tell them, you know, just be yourself and enjoy the moment. And, and then whatever happened, it's going to happen. It's going to happen the way you see it and the way you feel like uh, it should happen. So, you know, just enjoy the moment. Now, moving on to, like we said, on Monday, August 28th, uh, Tim Raines and uh, fellow Hall of Famer Pudge Rodriguez will be inducted into the Ring of Honor at Nationals Park uh, with pregame ceremonies. And, um, you know, your names will be unveiled up there. Um, you know, you'll be up there with, with fellow Expos, um, Gary Carter and Andre Dawson. Um, as well as other, um, you know, D.C. baseball, um, you know, important players in D.C. baseball history, as well as Major League history. Um, you know, I guess what does it mean to you that the Nationals are going to honor you this way, and, and what, what does it mean to you to be on that ring with uh, all those other players? Uh, honored, very honored, you know. And, and, and as you said, you mentioned some names, uh, Dawson and Carter, those are the guys that I came up with, mm-hmm. uh, guys that uh, taught me the ropes. Uh, thank God I was able to have the opportunity to have been teammates of those guys. Um, you know, there's no telling what would have happened if I would have been with another team. Right, exactly. But um, I just feel like having the opportunity uh, not only to play with those guys, to be to, 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 to play a few years together with those guys, not only did they show me uh, – how to play the game. They, sh- they showed me how to be a professional, uh, how to uh, carry myself. And I think uh, without them, um, you know, it kind of paved the way for me uh, just watching them day in and day out. And it wasn't like they came to me and say, be this way or be this way. Mm-hmm. They, they, they did it by example. They led by example. And uh, I'm very fortunate to be able to uh, have had teammates like that. How did you... Um, well, another guy that's up there on the ring, I'm not sure. Did you play for Frank Robinson? Was he in Montreal when you were there the sec- in 2001? Um, yes. No, um, no, 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 he wasn't. I don't think he was. No, I he think, uh, that's right. You're right. Um, yeah, I was, uh, I, as a matter of fact, uh, I was a part of, um, I managed the A-ball team in 04, mm-hmm. and the last week of the season, the last the last year, the last week of the season, I uh, they had me come up for the last week, and I was able to be a part of the staff with him. Oh, okay. So uh, I did. Uh, I was on the staff with him uh, for the last week of the season. I got you. I got you. Um, 
Now I could I could ask you about your playing career all day, but we'd be we'd be here all day. Um, <laughs> one thing that what, what sticks out to me about your career was was the stolen bases. Um, like I said, you're you're, you're fifth all time. Um, you know, you led MLB five uh, four straight years with numbers that um, you know we really haven't seen in the modern game probably since um, you know Jose Reyes when he was at the Mets earlier in his career. Um, you know, do you when you were a younger player, do you remember what kind of inspired you to make stealing bases such a big part of your game? Well, I, I think it was more of, of uh, that position in the order. I felt like it was a part. It was a part of, of what I needed to do to help the team win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like uh, the easier I, I I I made the situation for the guys coming up behind me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the better it would, it would have been for my team, and and it wasn't that I looked at other players or, you know, like Blue Brock and and Maury Wills back in those days to try to emulate the type of stuff that they were doing. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was it was something that I needed to do not only to 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 be a major leaguer but to actually to stay around uh, as a major leaguer, and uh, I felt like. Uh, that was a part of, of, of my game that I enjoyed doing, but right. also the fans enjoyed seeing me doing right. it. Um, but my, my, my game was uh, to, to get on base some kind of way and, and to score runs. Mm-hmm. And in order to score runs, I had to be in a position to score the runs. And the easier I made it for my teammates, uh, the better it was to be for the team itself and not just for myself. Right. Now, we have a pretty good uh, base stealer here. Uh, he's injured right now, but Trey Turner. Um, he's got yes. 35 stolen bases this year. Um, he's still, I think he's still in the top three or four in baseball, even though he's been out for about a month. Um, you know what? I mean, Trey's pretty good. He's, he's got some, some speed and some skills. But, you know, what would you tell younger players, um, you know, about, you know, whether it's instincts, whether it's studying the pitchers, whether, you know, how to translate your speed into actually being a really good base stealer and base runner? What, what would you tell or what did you tell younger players? Well, uh, instincts is probably the most important thing to have as a as a as a as a base stealer. Mm-hmm. Uh, most important. I mean, if you don't have the instincts, um, it's it's, it's kind of mute. If 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 uh, your success rate uh, will suffer, uh, and and I think that's something you can't really teach someone is instincts. Right. You can tell them all about it. You can tell them how to do it but in, in, unless they have it in them it uh it's tough to it's tough to uh teach them that mm-hmm. and when i look at trey turner i look at i look at a guy that has that he has all the ingredients to be a bona fide you know 70 80 stolen base type of guy right. uh, but i just think that the modern day baseball today is a little different because uh, most of the teams in the major leagues are, are playing uh, for the two or three run homer. Uh, there's so much more power in baseball today mm-hmm. than it was in the past. <laughs> it has it has made the game change uh, to that effect. So um, it's kind of hard to just kind of go out there and just kind of run at wheel because mm-hmm. I think managers are starting to. to to manage their games a little different. So I think uh, eventually, I think the game is going to come back around. Okay. 
I think I think I think we have more of a home run uh, strikeout type of uh, situation with 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 the way the players are being developed today, and, and the players that are being called up to the big leagues, mm-hmm. uh, guys that are, are more power maybe uh, defensive type of guys. It's not so much the speed; it's, it's that important. Uh, and, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with, um, you know, guys are throwing much harder than they did in the past. I mean, I think there's there's uh, over 30 guys that throw over 100 miles an hour. <laughs> and I don't think there were 30 guys in my, in my, in my career <laughs> that threw right. 100 miles an hour. And a lot of it is coming down uh, out of the bullpen, you know. So, you know, later in the games – you know, you're going to have guys coming out, you know, throwing 100 plus, 95 plus. Right. And in in the game, it's a little different down the stretch when you need to score a run. I would love to see speed come back because I think it will, it will combat that. Right. You know, once you get a guy on base, if he can steal a second and maybe bottom him over, all you need is, is to make contact to score a run especially when there's so many strikeouts. But then again, you do have situations where, you know, if you have a guy still in a base and your top hitters come up to the plate, they might be walked, you know, to kind of pitch around certain players uh, in the order. So I think that's partly a reason why, you know, there are some teams who, who won't run in front of those guys. Uh, to give them an opportunity to swing the bat, so there's there's a number of ways to look at it, uh, and I just think it determines it determines on what type of team you have uh, as an organization to kind of and 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 what type of players you have. There's not many legitimate leadoff hitters in the major leagues right now. You know, if you if you if you considering type of players like myself and uh, like like Ricky Henderson, right. um, you know, like Lou Brock back in those days, those guys were just guys that got on base a lot and they got the opportunity to run a lot. Uh, you know, nowadays you might, you might see, if I look at major league baseball now, it, it, it'll be hard to find 10 guys that are those type of, uh, lead off guys. So, and I think that's that's partly a reason too why the game uh, has changed to the fact that we don't have those type of players playing at, at the major league level. Now, I want to we'll wrap up uh, with you real quick, but I just wanted to get um, some stories from you. And we have two guys on our staff, obviously. Um, now you play with Chris Spire, right? Yes. Now, and, and Dusty, and you know Dusty Baker, right? Yes, I do. Yes, can I you, do. Can you give us? You're already chuckling. Do you think you can give us one story about each guy for our listeners that you know they may not know, or um, you know something that you remember about each player? Well, Chris, Chris. Um, as a matter of fact, I was a second baseman coming up through the minor leagues, and Chris uh, was a shortstop, and and I think Chris um, got hurt uh, and get, enabled me a chance to come up to the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, by him going on a disabled list, uh, they called me up to the major leagues. Um, everyday second base was Rodney Scott. Uh, moved over to shortstop, and, and I came up and uh, played second base for about two weeks. Uh, I wasn't the greatest second baseman, or 
I wish that wasn't the greatest. I just didn't have enough time, <laughs> have enough time to play second base and see if I could could be a second base. But um, those guys helped me tremendously. I mean, um, Spire was, was was one of the best shortstops I ever seen, yeah. um, and um, Rodney Scott was was a great second baseman and shortstop. He was just a great glove. Those two guys helped me tremendously. Uh, even though uh, a year after that year I, I became an outfielder, but um, just just all the uh, the time he put in with me uh, gave me a lot of uh, information about being a major league uh, infielder and uh, uh, owe a lot to him. Uh, even though I didn't become the infielder that uh, I think that I thought that I was going to become. Right. Uh, but uh, he helped me a lot tremendously uh, on the infield. And Dusty, uh, I was a big fan of Dusty. I mean, even though he played a little bit ahead of me, yeah. but we, we ended up playing against each other for a number of years uh, before his career was over. Um, big fan. Um, um, and just admired the way he played the game. Uh, he, he played the game with a lot of uh, – he had a lot of fun. Playing uh, the two pick was something that I wasn't wasn't <laughs> wasn't uh, uh, real um, knew too much about it. You know, there was only a few guys that, that played with two picks, and he was one. I think U.L. Washington was another one. Mm-hmm. But it was just kind of cool the way you know you see uh, he was a great hitter, he was a great outfielder, and uh, I uh, you know like I said, I played against him. Uh, for a few years and uh uh we actually became really good friends uh, over the years because uh you know we were major league players but so he actually uh, I, I knew he uh i knew he managed with the toothpick he played with a toothpick in yeah oh, wow. yeah <laughs> i think i think he played with a toothpick i think um you know he always had those those wristbands yeah, going the wristbands yep and uh, it's it, it, it's I'm I'm not sure though, but he still wore spikes or, or rubber cleats. Oh yeah. So <laughs> so I just think he's one of those guys that still has that baseball in him. Oh, he yeah. feels like even though he's a manager and he's been a manager, a great manager for a long time, mm-hmm. he always feels like he's he's still a part of the game, mm-hmm. even though he's managing. You know, he feels like maybe if he needed to to go up there and swing the bat. <laughs> uh, to pitch it one day later in the game, he can do that. Somebody, so. somebody joked with him the other day. We're we're having, um, you know, we're, we've we've been running into some injuries here. We we've been playing. I think we've used thirteen outfielders this year. Um, mm-hmm. And he made a comment the other day. He's like, "I'm just, I'm, I'm starting to get ready. You never know." <laughs> <laughs> and I believe that. I really do. I mean, not that. And I'm sure you can't compete with these guys right now. <laughs> But uh, I think deep down in his heart, he still feels like you go up there and get a base hit uh, if you need to. If needed, yeah. All right, Tim. Well, once again, I appreciate you calling uh, and spending some time with us this afternoon. I look forward to seeing you next Monday night at Nats Park. Well, thanks a lot, man. Looking forward to it. All right, talk soon. Thanks, Tim. Okay. Okay. Thanks again to Tim Raines for joining us on Episode 6 of the Curly W Live podcast. Six episodes in, and we already had a Hall of Famer on the podcast, so I like where all of this is headed. Uh, Once again, Monday, August 28th, get to Nationals Park to see both he and Pudge, two Hall of Famers, get inducted into the Ring of Honor at Nationals Park. Uh, Like we always talk about, we want your feedback. 
So feel free to tweet at me, at Kyle Brostowitz, or at Nationals. And feel free to leave comments on Curly W Live. Like we talked about at the beginning, you can always find the podcast on our blog, Curly W Live, uh, nationals.com slash podcasts, and on iTunes. So this homestand will wrap up this week with three games against the Miami Marlins. We already talked about what's going on on Monday, but on Tuesday, the first 25,000 fans will receive the Bryce Harper starting lineup figurine presented by SAIC. Uh, These are a really cool item. I'm sure many fans remember collecting them when they were younger. So if you don't have tickets yet, be sure to head to nationals.com slash tickets as soon as the podcast ends and buy your tickets for Tuesday night. So once again, Nationals fans, thanks for checking out the podcast. And until next time, be sure to tell your friends.